You're listening to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you conversations for the health of all things. In these special episodes, I am joined by guests on the show to explore how the osteopathic concept presents in their lives and learn about their personal and professional stories. Ranging from osteopathic physicians to those familiar with osteopathic treatment to those associated with osteopathic medicine in a variety of settings, these conversations provide new perspective on lighting the way for the path to best health. Please note that while I am a physician and may interview other physicians, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey back with an episode of Conversations for the Health of All Things. And this is our first continuing conversation. Dr. Jess Bell returns to pick up where we left off and expand from where we are now. Thanks for joining us again on the show. Thank you, Dr. Beakey. It's really great to be back. Excellent. So last time we spoke near the conclusion, we were talking about energetic osteopathy and this new space discovery expansion. Can you tell us more about what's been going on these past couple months for you? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, going back to March of 2020, um, I, I, I really felt that I felt strongly that it was important for me to um, continue to serve and work using my osteopathic skills and I have a home practice. And although I had patients scheduled to come back into my home practice, intuitively, I knew that wasn't the right decision. And so I was, I was challenged. I, I felt this, this dire need to, to move in a new direction. Um, and I was encouraged by a woman who has some pretty amazing abilities to read other people's um, energetic fields. And what she saw in mine was that in addition to being an osteopathic physician, I was also quite a, a gifted energy healer. And this wasn't a part of me that I had um, ever really consciously brought through, but I knew that over, I would say the past maybe three or four years working with my physical hands-on practice, that I was picking up rhythms, fluctuations, and um, I was perceiving different pulsations and, and new awarenesses that I hadn't really felt before. And I actually had one experience working with a patient who was in such acute pain that I, I had to take my hands off of her body to treat her. And what happened was the treatment intensified in her body. So I, several years ago, started making this bridge between, is it necessary for us to actually place our hands on patients to affect change within their physiology, anatomy, or is something else happening here? And so the COVID pandemic gave me the perfect excuse to try. And one day I scheduled a patient and treated him from his home and I was in my home. And although I didn't really know how to begin the treatment, I, I perceived myself in the exact same uh, position as I would be treating him. And I, in my mind's eye, saw him in this holographic way, lying on my treatment table, literally with my hands placed upon his feet, which is how I start every treatment. And I waited and I prayed. <laughs> and several minutes after um, moving my mindset into the exact same 
state of mind that I would be had I been putting my hands on his body, I felt energy starting to fluctuate in my hands, even though I was only making contact with the holographic version of him. And that was the moment when energetic osteopathy was born. And the treatment went on from that moment as if he was in, in front of me, as if he was with me. And he felt it as well. And at the end of the treatment, I, I, I cried actually, because I realized that this had been happening all the while, that every single time that I had been working with people in my physical office, that the treatment that they received was actually happening, happening purely on an energetic level. And then I was able to make many, many more bridges going forward. So I started transitioning my patients who had been scheduled to come in to get their patient, their treatments in person, just giving it an, an open offering and asking if they'd be willing to try something brand new. And many of them said yes. And some of them said no. And so I, I just started working in that way. And I've been working that way ever since. And have you had the experience of treating patients hands-on since then, you know, in-person hands-on physically? Yes, I've, I have actually. Um, I have several patients that were in um, very acute distress and pleaded with me actually and, um, and asked if they could come in and get treated in person. And so, of course, I said yes. And um, I haven't, I actually haven't treated many because the first patient that I treated um, hands on after deciding not to go hands on for a few months. Um, it was probably three months after I'd started, I'd had started doing energetic treatments. And, um, and what I witnessed was that the treatment was uh, a lot more dense, that it was such, it was almost as if, and I've been working hands-on treating patients for, I went to, I started medical school in 2001. And so I, I and I opened my private practice doing exclusively um, traditional and cranial osteopathy uh, in 2012. So for almost a decade now, I've been, you know, treating patients every day, um, hands-on. And I was actually really amazed by how slow it felt to me. And not only that, I felt, um, I felt like I was really zoomed into the patient. Like I was, like I was bumping up against their physicality, you know, my physicality and the patient's physicality were overlapping in, in a sense, almost interfering with one another and not in a constructive way. It was like, you know, sine waves when they, when they come together, but, and they're just a little bit out of sync and they had that de, de, you know, mm -hmm. destructive interference. That's what it felt like. So I was, there was like a part of the potency um, that was being lost in the physical touch and the treatment was still the treatment. So, but it took a lot longer and I was actually quite tired after the fact, because what happens is I had a lot more involvement in the emotional experience of what the patient was going through as well than I did than I do when I'm working um, in a, you know, in a non-local way. So it's really interesting because it feels like now the in-person treatments are not as effective anymore. Mm -hmm. At least that's been my experience. And it seems like perhaps relative, right? So perhaps that's how effective they were, but now you've seen a different opportunity of the level of effectiveness increasing. And so relative to that, they've been diminished. Does that seem yeah. accurate? That you know, it is. And, and it's not just my perception. You know, um, now I've been able to work with a lot of people and um, I started doing regular hands-on treatment or hands-off treatments. <laughs> I guess they're still hands-on treatments, um, energetic osteopathic treatments in May. And so it's been um, seven, eight months now. Um, and I've assembled enough data to witness outcomes 
Mm-hmm. And what I'm finding is that the outcome of working in an energetic osteopathic manner, um, it is a more, it just is a more effective treatment. The treatment goes much deeper and it transmutes the energetic source of pain from a level that I was witnessing in my physical practice, but it was, it took longer. It, it took longer both in the duration of the actual treatment and also in the number of treatments that um, was often required to resolve a certain condition. Mm-hmm. And as we could both imagine, right, this could sound like sacrilege in the osteopathic world to take hands off. And I myself have been giving lectures on power beyond touch specific to this time because many haven't had access right, to in-person care with patients for a variety of reasons and finding ways to bring the osteopathic concept forward, right? Not lost in that space, but actually like you're finding expanded through it. And how do you see yourself still being osteopathic, right? And bringing those principles forward and even expanding them when you're not putting hands on. Great question. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think it's important to, First, describe a little bit about what my experience is when I engage in a therapeutic process with a patient in the energetic context. So once I synchronize, once the patient and I synchronize, the treatment is, is almost exactly the same, meaning I see into their body, you know, with, with, with seeing, thinking, feeling, hands. I see into their body using my hands And sometimes I use my own body as a holographic representation of the patient. So I'll take the example of a a right um, femur compression. So if the patient comes in, let's just say they are complaining of right hip pain. Once they synchronize with me, we enter into the, the sea under the sea, right? The house under the sea. We actually engage in a process of going into their anatomic body. When energy is in its dense form, meaning it's lesioned and there's a lesion field in the body, the body broadcasts that in the dense energy that's stored within the anatomy, the specific portion of the anatomy where that energy is being held in captivity becomes a visual that I I see just like I would if they were in my practice. So I can see and diagnose and treat all at the same time, because once we, we attend to that particular lesion field and open the doorway, find the health and open it up so that we can bring in the breath of life. It's, it's the same process. So I feel like what I'm, that this is truly still very much osteopathy. It's using every single one of the tenets of osteopathy and all of the principles that I've used that I've learned over, you know, the two decades that I've been studying this work. Um, it's very spiritual. So it brings it to that next level, which is, you know, it it challenges the mind construct. And that's really it because any osteopath who's been working osteopathically in a cranial way gets the sense over time that there's, there's just so much more going on here. There are rhythms and fluctuations and a much larger um, intelligence that's guiding and directing our hands and guiding and directing the treatment. And so what I needed to do was be really comfortable by starting to use the language of energy, because that is not something that we talk about in osteopathy. And I actually feel it's a really important term for me to be able to talk freely uh, to others, because once we start to gain some uh, comfort with using 
the word energy that we are working as osteopaths, but we are actually influencing, engaging with, and augmenting the energetic fields within and all around the patient. So that's really, to me, the only shift in what this is. And once we become comfortable with the fact that this is energy, then all of a sudden we're in the quantum field and time and space are irrelevant. It doesn't matter where you are in relation to the patient that you're treating. Mm -hmm. And we have some of our constructs and oftentimes that's how we'll define ourselves by what we know before and where it fits or what it is an extension of. If we look at body, mind, spirit, do you see energy being attached to one of those, encompassing all three of those, totally separate and beyond them? How would you relate that to those who are attuned to the body, mind, spirit, unity aspect of osteopathic medicine? I think great question. Again, these are great. Um, So the way that I see it is that we are all spirit. We, We have come here to inhabit a body that is an energetic container, essentially. It's just compressed energy. And so it appears to be matter. But we know when we go into the study of quantum physics that we it's a bit of an illusion here that we, we kind of compress down to the very basic uh, photons. The photons are, you know, we, when we come down to the photon level, what we find with the photon is that the photon is either particle or wave. And what makes the difference is what we want it to be. So when we use our conscious intention, we direct ourselves to becoming more dense matter or more energetic wave. So when we start to see everything as energy, which I do now, I I believe that the world around us is entirely energetic. And I believe that humans are entirely energetic and that we have a mind that has some challenges with this concept. And so we, the spirit part of this is the energetic realms that we're talking about right now. Now we start off not being in a body, but we are still in my experience and in my opinion, we're still a soul. We're still, we have an, I think we have an eternal soul. That's a much greater consciousness that chooses to come in to inhabit a body but that the body being energetic is the way that we actually bridge the worlds. So the spirit comes into the body. The body then becomes the translator between the energetic worlds and the the physicality, the physical world, or the world that the mind resides in. Because our mind is composed of thoughts and emotions that are quite dense at times. And so once we become more comfortable with this concept that our body, not the mind necessarily, but the body is the bridge that blends all three, the body, mind, and spirit together, then we have a whole new way of inhabiting, of being in a body. We can cherish this body and the body then becomes the lens that feeds up to the mind and allows the mind to become a little bit more on par with what's really going on here, which is we are spiritual beings having a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. I love that. And seeing where it intertwines, you know, where it expands, where it explains. I think oftentimes, right, we're looking for some understanding of what's happening around us and within us. And such an interesting way to really dive into that. I'm curious how that serves or challenges patients around pain, for example, right? So we're thinking about where is pain? And I've had this conversation in different arenas, is pain a thought? 
Is it in the physical realm? Like where, how is it represented in energy? And what comes up around that? Because I imagine many of your patients come to you with that as a primary reason. And how does this perhaps facilitate your experience with them? Yeah, um, I love this topic. So um, I have a board certification in um, physical medicine and rehabilitation as well. So, um, you know, otherwise known as a pain management specialist. And so, um, so I've, I've in my practice for many years now, I've really blended, you know, um, traditional osteopathy with, with traditional pain management. And I, I've, so I've really, really deeply explored this whole concept of pain and what is pain and where does it come from? And, um, and, you know, it was, it was, um, it, it pained me <laughs> to explain pain, you know, when patients would come in and they would say, oh, I've got this pain. And, you know, you know, what do you think? What, what happened here? And I'm a highly qualified <laughs> physician to be in the position to answer that question. And yet in my intuitive, um, you know, in, in the core of my being, I knew that I wasn't revealing the full answer when I was giving a mechanical explanation for pain. So pain just doesn't reside in the physical body, period. It bubbles up to the physical body because that's the layer that will tell us that there's a problem. So that's where pain manifests because it's actually signaling us to go much deeper to find the root cause of that pain. We can go down to the emotional level too, right? And so a lot of people, I think it's been very um, trendy to talk about pain as being repressed and bottled up emotions. Those are repressed and bottled up emotions, emotions, emotion, energy in motion. So emotions are energetic. Thoughts are energetic. And when we have emotions that are, we are unwilling to feel that we stuff down into the subconscious states of the mind, they get stuck, right? Because they're energy. They get stuck in a very dense form of energy. And over time, that dense form of energy materializes on the superficial levels of the physical body so that we are alerted to the fact that there's a problem. But that's not actually the source. So we have to actually go even deeper than that. Because what I now know is what causes those emotions to be repressed, right? I love to ask that question, why? Like, why does that even happen? So much of what I now see is this. We have a consciousness that comes into human form. We choose to come into human form. And that consciousness has a lot of evolving that it comes into human form to do. I believe that we live many lifetimes as a consciousness, that we take on many life forms. And that a lot of times when we come into a human physical body, we are here to resolve many densities that don't necessarily happen in this lifetime. Many of the um, older past lifetime issues that come in with us will then create events in our lives that cause us to repress emotions but it's not the actual event itself, nor is it the emotion itself that causes the density to form. The density that forms is slated to form, is fated to form because the soul comes here to, to um, experience the other side of that, right? The soul's whole purpose of being is to evolve. And the way that the soul evol evolves is through experiences and particularly painful experiences. So pain is actually the motivator for the whole evolutionary process. And we can't feel energy. Most of us can. I can. You can. <laughs> but, but most people on this planet at this point don't have the perception of energy. And so the brilliant machine of a body that we have knows this. 
And so it slowly over time brings it up to the surface level when, you know, it, it's gentle at first, right? It wants to seed into our emotions first. A lot of times when we feel anxiety or we feel depression or we feel, you know, the angst, it's the body signaling to us that there's a problem, that there's something that's not, that we're not feeling, we're resisting. But we don't often pay attention because we're a society and a planet that many of us have not had um, the proper training to be able to allow our emotions when they come up to flow. So we resist them, we bottle them, we stuff them. And that's what causes the physical pain. So you have to go all the way back down to the energetic level, the real source of what makes us up in physicality. Yes. And what I hear in there too is we're not necessarily going to escape the pain, right? If that is the purpose, right? And that's the method by which we're evolving. It doesn't necessarily go away or it's not ever entirely eliminated. Would you say that's true? That is true. Absolutely. You know, it's really, it's actually more simple than one might think. And I think that, that I think um, we are such a society that wants to understand and overcomplicate and create an evidence-based approach to proving this way or proving that way. But we have a mind that is not really equipped to be fully able to process yet what it is that, you know, what it is that we're really talking about here. And so what's a, what's a relief to me is that we don't have to process it through the mind. And in fact, it's better that we don't. When we can, what, what is embodiment? Embodiment is being in our body in an experiential way and taking the world of energy and moving it through parts of the body that are creating noise. So I, I you know, now I treat um, not only individual patients, but I also teach and treat groups of people. Um, and I bring everybody together into an energetic, uh, collective, beautiful container. We all support one another. And the way that this happens is it's not about processing anything through the mind. It's about the experience of being in the body and feeling the energy moving through each individual body. And also knowing what we know about energy, it doesn't have walls or containers. And so it actually connects us all and that in fact, we are all connected. So, yeah. Yes. And one thing that's really come out for me sharing in this experience and evolution and understanding through the body was how much, I was assuming I was in of and aware of my body and we share a history of being athletic. And so I figured, what do you mean? I'm very in touch with everything physical and right, that was not it. And some of these experiences thinking, Oh, I never noticed that. And how do you help people to step into that space? Right? So there's the superficial right engagement we have with our physical self. And then, you know, this next layer or level or depth, how do you rationalize that perhaps for those who are still in an understanding space? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, that's the work right there. You know, that's really the work because um, everything that I teach has been my life. And um, as a competitive athlete, I loved, and as a, as a, you know, a lifelong learner, and as an outwardly focused being, um, it made me feel so alive. And that fueled the large part of my life leading up to you know, recent years. And 
what I've witnessed again and again and again is the same crash and burn cycle that our bodies eventually start to break down. And we just equate that to this natural aging process. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard in my practice, I just feel so old, right? We think pain equals age. And it's not the case. It's just our body is resilient when we're younger. And so it gets away. We get away with the abusive, outer-directed, out-of-body life. And our society dictates that we do that, right? We go to school and we achieve and we succeed and we climb those ladders, those never-ending ladders. But eventually we all get really tired and then we feel really old. And the bridge to that is what, we're, what we've really done here is we've stepped out of the body to do all of that achievement. And then the body gets stuck. We get stagnant. And then we get even more out of the body because we try to continue those cycles of achieving outwardly. And eventually we're at a crossroads. And that's oftentimes when people come to find me because they've had, they have pain that's longstanding that no other practitioner has been able to resolve for them. And so the way that we do this is by first training the mind. So in these courses that I teach, I give the building blocks of being able to understand the construct of the energetic systems of the body. It makes a lot of sense when you start. And of course, I treat these people too. So once I treat somebody, you really can't deny that there's energy that is comprised, you know, that is, that is flowing through the body because these treatments are very palpable. And it's, it's very rare that a patient gets treated who isn't aware of that experience that when I say I'm now in your femur and they feel the fact that, you know, it's almost like they can feel that I, my hands are on them. So the first, I think the first crossover is, is actually giving a treatment because it soothes the mind, you know, and, and then I start to teach about how the mind is really not equipped to understand this. So we're going to circumnavigate that for a while and just go into the body. So the most important thing that I see is that people are ready to try something new and, and who on the planet right now doesn't feel exhausted, defeated, agitated at some point in their days, right. Or in some mm-hmm. point, this whole process that we're going through. And I think that we're all moving into the, uh, the acceptance that there's a, there's a larger unfolding happening here. And that larger unfolding that's happening here looks kind of destructive, right. On the front line. But when we dive beneath the surface of that, there's a whole nother world that's there. It's, it's, it's emerging on the planet and it's also emerging within our bodies. Our bodies are actually drawing us back in. And many of us are fighting that tooth and nail and some of us are not. And so it takes a very hand over hand, heart over heart experience and teaching you know, uh, engagement to be able to draw somebody back in to reclaim this beautiful body that is energetic. And it's not mine to do for the patient. It's mine to teach the patient how to do for themselves, how to literally be in their body. And it can be as simple as following the breath down into the abdomen, the abdomen and, and spending some time every day exploring the inner world of their own body and what it feels like in there. Many people realize they have no idea how to even begin. So there's a huge wake up call that comes for everybody. And then it's a long process of, you know, 
helping them to come back in. But when they do, once they realize that the body actually is the gateway to that fountain of youth, to releasing all that pain that no one out there was ever able to help them do, that they have exactly what they need already to do exactly what it is that I'm doing for them. We have all been born here with those capacities. I teach people how to reclaim them. And it's, it's by actually embodiment. It's, it's truly by the experience of being inside the body. So we have to just kind of turn it around and show that those that feel like they're very alive by their, you know, quote unquote, um, outer body experiences are in fact distracting themselves from what's really happening here, which is that they are actually very much not in the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hear both challenges and hope in there, which I think are often one in the same, right? The courage that can come from that. And also a bit of relief to know, right, that there is another space, right? We haven't maxed out on all that we can be and do for ourselves. We're coming to the conclusion, and I've debated this question the whole time, but I'm just going to put it out there. As we're recording this on the 15th of January, 2021, and it'll emerge as a released episode probably the day before inauguration. And you mentioned, right, all that's happening on the planet right now. How do you see this? I hear in there the possibility of a lifeline, of a thread of connection, of an opportunity, right, to be, I don't want to say an antidote, right, because it makes it seem like even anything is actually wrong. But what do you see in here that could serve, right, to balance or to buoy what is happening in the world right now? Ah, beautiful question. So this is what I, I want to boil what I'm see what I see is this. What we're really talking about here is, is living from the heart, because that to me is the body. And when we live from the mind, which is where we've always been, we we are very familiar with the places that we are drawn to. When we're only living on a th- on a level that is much more third-dimensional from our mind. Our mind is not able to really feel into um, the magnitude of the conversation that we've been having here. And it's really only the the feeling of these energies and the feeling into the body and living from that intuitive body or heart open state that we are going to be able to reclaim our lives as the world around us continues to spin. So what I see here is that we are exhausting. What I'm seeing out in the world right now is we are exhausting the manner in which we once lived. We are seeing very clearly before our eyes that being in an outer focused world is one that is very harsh, very confusing, and very chaotic right now. And what I now know is It's all about our perceptions and our perceptions front when we're living from a mind centered place are pretty grim right now. But when we begin to do the work of moving back down into our bodies, what we realize and what we see there is that we start to move into a heart focused level of consciousness. And all of a sudden our perception for ourselves, our own lives, our relationships and the world around us begins to change. And we begin to feel a sense of greater connection to one another, because that to me is what this is all about. This is about 
opening up, moving ourselves back down into the forgotten land of the body where the heart resides. And once we are there and do that inner healing work, which is clearing out all of those repressed emotional states that we have stuffed that keep us from being able to really truly live in that heart open state. Cause we're constantly, you know, kind of getting pushed around in, in the body by densities. So when we clear that stuff out, which is number one, we have to be able to be um, open to do our inner healing work because once we do that, we realize that what's happening all around us is that we are healing. We are coming together that actually we are banding together as healers, as entrepreneurs, as change makers, as light workers, as way showers, as people who are here to create new systems and new ways of being, that we are doing this in a collaborative way. That this is no longer about a codependency, no longer about you going to your doctor to get a pill. This is about you going to your doctor for your doctor to teach you how to open your heart and you do it together. There's a collaboration here and we can do this around the world. And the more of us that are able to move into our bodies, open our hearts and see the truth of what's really unfolding here, which is that we are coming back home. We are coming back to our planet Earth. We are coming back to our bodies. And before we do that, we have to dismantle the systems that have never worked for us. And that's what I see is going on here. This is just one humongous expansion into a whole new way of living, breathing, and being in collaboration and in community with one another. Absolutely. I think we've more than answered how we see ourselves for the health of all things <laughs> through that question and response. Well, thank you for sharing and for the work that you're doing, for offering it to others and seeing where it can grow. Please remind the listeners where they can find you and with the good news, right, that your treatments are accessible, sounds like globally. Yes, thank you. Um, so you can find me by going to my website, which is drjessbell.com, and that's D-O-C-T-O-R-J-E-S-S-B-E-L-L.com. Um, I work individually. I work with very intimate groups of people, with mostly women at this point, but in the very near future, I'll be rolling out um, teachings and group treatments that will have a much larger scope and impact. So... If you go to my website, visit, visit often, and you'll see all these new offerings coming through. Thank you. And you have a February course happening. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, thank you for asking. Um, it actually is going to start on uh, March 14th. So it's a group of um, women at this point with um, a combination of independent and group energetic osteopathic treatments, interactive teachings, and practices that are the embodiment bridge. So combining all three together into a platform that is very hands-on, it needs to be this way. So it's a program that holds you in the experience of your transformation and of your embodiment. It's aimed for people who are really curious about doing their work. So anyone who's interested, it's, it's, a, it's a very deep program. It goes deep into the real core of what's been holding you back, what's been causing some dissonance in your life in some way, whether it's just you feeling not quite right in, you know, knowing you're not achieving your full potential, having any kind of physical or emotional discomfort. Um, it's a pretty, 
fabulous experience. Yes. And I highly recommend the opportunity to be in group and community and to dive deeper into all we've heard about here today to incorporate it for yourself and be able to share with others. Highly recommend investigating. So if you're interested, I encourage you to visit and enroll if it interests you. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm sure there will be further conversations to come. Yes. Thank you so much, Dr. Beaky. I love talking with you as always. Yeah, me too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of This Osteopathic Life, Conversations for the Health of All Things. Please take a moment to like, rate, and review the podcast. And if you would like to be featured as a guest or know someone you'd like to nominate as a guest for an episode, please let me know at thisosteopathiclife at gmail.com. Visit the website at thisosteopathiclife.com or visit me on Instagram and Facebook at This Osteopathic Life. Thank you so much for listening.